Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast. And today, delighted to be joined by John Penquet. John is the author of the book Property Truth or Dare and a leading figure in research and forecasting of the property market in the UK. John provides a variety of reports to the property industry, including the property market forecast, the the PMF, uh, which has correctly forecasted market trends before and during the recent COVID crisis. John provides insightful and educational talks on how data and insight can help any and all investors with his unique approach to investing in helping his own portfolio and the portfolio of others to outperform the market. John, there's so many places and topics we can dive into today. To start off with, thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to come and join you and your audience today. Um, uh, it's, I mean, it's just so much to, to go into, so much to talk about when it comes to property at the moment. Um, one often wonders where to start, but um, you know, it's really great to have uh, have this opportunity to talk to you uh, today. Before we go into the property market as such, uh, first of all, being an author myself, how difficult did you find, or how challenging did you find it to write your book, Property Truth or Dare? <laughs> um, it's a bit of a labour of love, to be honest. It was um, I, I, I've been investing in property for, for 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 quite a while, like many of us, and uh, watching what goes on and, and happens in the property market, and the excitement and the emotion that gets behind a lot of what happens. And um, you know, I, I found myself getting caught up in that. I found myself perhaps doing things that I was questioning and wondering, well, should I do that? Should I not? And I thought, well, actually, I need to map this out. So I started off just taking notes years ago and just thinking, you know, these are the things that work. These are the things that are a bit risky. These are the things that I've measured. And I just pulled that, started to pull that together. I think, do you know what? There's a book in this. There's got to be. Because a lot of a lot of publications... Uh, not all, but a lot of publications tend to encourage you to just just do it, just take action, and you know you need an element of that. But you need to, that needs to be that needs to be um, that needs to be controlled somewhat with with a, with a measurement of risk. And I thought, well, let's let's write a book about the advantages and the benefits of investing in the property industry, but also the risks and the things that could potentially go wrong and how best to avoid them. So. Thought I'd do that, and I'd be a bit tongue in cheek and be a bit naughty and call it truth or dare. So, uh, uh, yeah, that, that's how I came. But it took me, um, it took me forever to write. <laughs> it really did. Um, but uh, yeah, lockdown helped last year, so I managed to to get the, the sort of the final version done early part last year and get it published. Yeah, good stuff. As as, as you can attest, and I'm sure many people listening to the show can attest, there's such a plethora of information out there. Sometimes you're just wading through what's what's good and what's not as good um that, that's the perception i get from my time in investing oh god yeah i mean you know, everyone's got an opinion haven't they you know this this you know, look at how well i did last year on this or look at this great project that i'm working on and everybody gets excited about that and you see some people just just blindly following and and just taking what's said as as, as read and, and i'm assuming that 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 strategy that worked a year ago still works now and that location that worked a year ago still works now and you know, unfortunately for us, I think in our industry, there's there's just such a there's such a misunderstanding of 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 how of how to use analytics now to use data to inform your business decisions. I mean, most of us are going to be investing large sums of money when it comes to investing property. We're not talking about a thousand pound on cryptocurrency or five thousand pounds in stocks. We're we're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds. And yet I go into a room and I I'll stand in stand up in a in an audience or go into a room and I'll ask people, you know, what what's the best 
property type and best postcode to invest in in this area now for asset appreciation? Or I'll ask you know the same question, but for 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 for, um, for, for cash flow, uh, and I'll just get and I'll, I'll get a whole. I'll either get no no response or I'll get a load of opinions and I won't get anything tangible. And I, I think for an industry as important to the economics of our country as ours, and given the sums of money that we're spending, I think it's criminal that when I ask a simple question, is what you, is the asset you're buying going to go up or down? Is it going to outperform the market? We can't answer it. I, I just find that I, I, I find that really alien coming from a corporate background where, you know, I I couldn't spend more than a few thousand pounds without having to get it signed off and having some analytics and some research behind it. And yet we'll just go and blow our life savings or someone else's money or get, you know, get sort of leveraged right up with the banks and the, and, and the mortgage lenders um, and, and have no idea whether or not it's going to work. I don't know about you, but I, I find that, um, I find that bizarre. <laughs> really do. I'd have to, I'd, I'd, I agree with that hundred percent. And I would say that when, when I first started investing in property, it was, you know, I didn't know a ridiculous amount about macroeconomics or anything like that. So it was all a bit of a learning curve. But as I've become, dare I say, a bit older and wiser and definitely more cynical, I've started to look at all more forms of data, looking at not just prop, not just history of property or, or real estate or whatever you want to call it as such, but looking at, you know, crashes, bear markets, bull markets, not even necessarily related to property. Just looking back at it and going, oh, oh dear, this is interesting. Well, how can we... How can we ride that wave or how can we plan so when it does turn, we're protected? So I completely agree with you. I think it's scary that, as you say, that not many people understand the macroeconomics of, of what's going on in their own country and, and how that can affect you know, businesses that they're trying to run. I, I do find that concerning. Yeah, I mean, I, even I, I like basic. I, I'm, a, I'm a simple person. Yeah, I don't do complicated, although I'm data and I'm insights. Simple data and simple insights are generally uh, where I like to play. <laughs> um, we work, we work, and we live in, and we were, and we are investing into a market that's driven by demand. First and foremost, in property, it's demand that drives it. Now it's a bit skewed at the moment, isn't it? Because all properties in demand, one would suggest. Now we, we hear the noise. Now the media talks about there's a shortage of housing. Uh, there's the right, you know, the, 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 it's difficult to get in the housing market, and all of the noise that goes on around it. And um, back when I started out investing, very similar to yourself, just just gathered as much information as I could. I thought, right, how do I understand triggers and levers, things that if these things that have a, a tangible impact on demand? Now, I I, I invested in the early two thousands, but I really started my my journey sort of early twenty tens and building up with my portfolio. And I was super risk averse. I'd be just come out of the out of the. Uh, the financial crisis and the credit crunch. And I was looking at investing and trying to build a future for myself and exit corporate and all that good stuff. Um, and I thought, well, I, I really don't want to lose any money. I, I can't afford to lose any money. Nobody can afford to lose any money, particularly not your entire savings pot that you've got. So I looked at reasons why properties would increase in value. And I'm quite quick, quite early on, I realized I actually found that not all properties increase at the same time and at the same rate. We we kind of know that, but we we don't see that published a lot. So there'll be certain locations that work well, and I'm certain that don't. And there'll be some that increase by more than the rest of the market. So I could I, I found a way of of seeing that in data, uh, and I could see that uh, through through demand and looking 
looking specific rather than looking at house prices and how much they've changed over the last year i looked at what specific demand looked like in a given area and i went right the way down pretty much to postcode level so i could see right well this postcode is going to grow seven percent this one's going to grow four percent would i rather have the three percent of course i would so i'd go and i'd go to the seven percent area and i just i just started investing that way and what i found was um we talk about buy refurb and refinance when it comes to sort of buy to let type properties i found i could buy and wait a short period of time and refinance and not have to do anything because i would invest in areas that were sort of you know high double digit growth um uh, but i could see that double digit growth coming before uh, it happened uh, and i i kind of talk a little bit about how to do that in the book um property truth or day and i also sort of train people to do that because you know if i'm investing in stocks and shares if i'm investing in shares in the company i, I don't i don't demand a, a walk around the, the shop floor or the warehouse and i don't demand i don't go driving all over the country trying to see these companies i look at the data and look at how they're performing in context of the market and invest that way so that's exactly what we all need to do with property. And that's how we, I think, get to grips with all of the imbalances and 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 and, and the, the the high demand, the low demand, the high priced areas, the low priced areas. It's all just a bit silly and it will correct, but it's um it, it requires people like us, the property professionals, to sort of take the lead. Um, I haven't been beaten for years, but take the lead and show look, you know, we can sort this out. We can we can provide the pro- the property types uh and provide the property solutions that our entire our entire country, our entire population, and economically, we need. Uh, hopefully, there's some politicians listening to this, and they can they can take heed and understand that we're not just uh, in it to win it. We're in it to win it for the uh, entire country and for everyone that's involved. Yeah, it'd be fair to say that the majority and majority of landlords, landladies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are always out to create those win-win situations. Probably fed up of being beaten and bashed around. Yeah, I've only been doing it five, six years. So I'm not a preset as people have been doing it for decades that have been, you know, beating around the bush far more than say maybe yourself or, or, or myself in, in general. We're, we're here to help. And if we can help to stimulate the market and to provide good quality accommodation that meets all the various requirements, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we're running our business at the same time. I, I, I think that's great. And that sounds, that sounds almost like a utopia given everything that's put in our put in yeah. our way. But I, I do think most people think like that. Yeah, they do, and, and it's it's got to change, and we got to lead that change. I think. Now, I, I, I note there's there's a, there's there's this you know greedy landlord, you know, making a profit off somebody living in a house. Well, you know, Tesco makes a profit off selling you food, and so does Lidl, and so does Sainsbury's. You know, um, Marks and Spencers and, and John Lowe's, they make a profit off the back of selling clothes. It'd be a pretty difficult life if you didn't have food and clothing, yeah. But, but we we accept that those businesses make profits, and yet we get vilified for making a profit out of what's one of the most fundamentals fundamentals in life, which is providing homes for people. Whether we sell them on or we rent them or whatever we do, we build them. That's what we're doing, and I think. Time, time has come where we accept that the private, the private uh, rented sector and the private property investor needs to be treated more like the, the local shop, the corner shop. There were the small business owners that are going to provide the needs of the community which we serve. And I think there's, I think there's start, we're starting to see a, a, a shift toward understanding that, and hopefully that'll that'll grow and continue. And you know, with Ultimate Landlord and what I do here with research, that's that's again. Um, that's again something I, I, I just really want to try and get us all sort of aligned and focused on. So you know, if you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to buy a property in this area, I think that sec- the, the, the next question that needs answering is, is there a need for it? 
And if there is a need for it, can you provide, can you service that need within a budget that you've got? And if you can do that, I think you'll win every single time. As I said earlier on, if the demand is there uh, and there isn't a supply, you are only going to go in one direction and that's upwards. You are going to add value. And if you add value, you add money. And that's, that's a, that's a mindset shift for a lot of us. Uh, and it's also um, kind of difficult sometimes when, particularly when you're investing in the wrong area or you're buying the wrong property or you're trying to make the wrong strategy work in an area. I just, I, um, my favorite word in those scenarios is just, no, don't do it. Move on, do something else. Invest in another area. My portfolio is bizarre. <laughs> I got all sorts. I got, I got, I got buy to let, sort of single let stuff. I got HMOs. I got, um, I've got an element of service accommodation. I got, commercial premises that I'm sat, one of which I'm sat in now. Uh, you know, I, I, it's diverse, but it's diverse, not because I, I sat in a room one day and somebody said, what's your strategy? It's diverse because I identified an opportunity using data and I invested into that opportunity and delivered a, a result for me, but also for the businesses and the people who live in the properties that I've got as well. And I think the more our industry embraces that, understands it and puts all of the cool, imaginative, brilliant stuff that goes on to use and focuses it in the areas where it's needed most that way we we we, we become i think we become a much stronger force uh, and much stronger force for good uh in our industry and hopefully people will be listening to that observing and uh and will support us to do that as well i'm going to take a back seat with this with this next question and i'm asking this on purpose not because i don't know the answer but i given uh, all the data that you are uh, collecting and have collected i will ask you anyway in terms of demand at the moment, and I don't like date stamping podcasts, but this is out in June. Uh-huh. We're recording this at, you know, back at the back end of May 2021. At the moment, what is driving demand? What is driving demand? There's a couple of well, several things. Um, the one, the favorite one for everybody to mention is pent up demand. And that's there's an element of truth to that, but it's understanding what that actually means and and and, and deconstructing it. So I use the example of a shop. Yeah, if if I was if I was selling bread and milk in a shop, and then all of a sudden the bread and milk supply dried up, right, and I had no bread or milk in the shop, and then I was forced to close, and you couldn't get your bread and milk, and then I reopened, and I had some bread and milk, but not a lot of it, just just the same amount that I had previously. People would rush out and buy that bread and milk. Yeah, and I might put my prices up, and then it may stay up as a result of that. But but gradually that'll begin to balance. It'll level off. It'll it'll calm down, and that's that's what we saw last year. Now there's another thing that drives demand. And if we're talking about demand in particular, demand for the types of property that we invest in, and that's that's the ability to 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 finance those types of property. And we've seen a lot of noise from central government and elsewhere uh, about about the availability of 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 mortgages and mortgage products. Now, it didn't seem that relevant when, when we're all tripping over ourselves of excitement over things like furlough and stamp duty holiday and stuff like that. We miss this. We miss the fact that like the government basically said, look, do you know what banks, building societies, 95% mortgages, please, and we'll guarantee them. Right, that, was, that, that was a massive moment for the industry. Massive. Because what that, if you look, people, if you, you've got a choice in all of this, you can listen to media and you can listen to hype or you can look at the facts. Now, the facts are, whatever the media and everyone else says, the facts are it's never been cheaper to service the debt on a property. As a proportion of your income, the average household on income in the UK, going all the way back to 1971, the cost of servicing your debt, i.e. your interest payments, have never been lower as a proportion of income. So it is the most, it's the cheapest it's ever been to own a property. 
right? Don't worry about the the, the, the the price of the property and don't worry about how many times it is your income. The simple facts are you've got a bank account, you've got an amount comes in each month. The, the amount you've got left at the end is more as a percentage than it has ever been. And now we've just said what we'll do since, and we know that since 2008, it's been hard to get a mortgage. We've made it difficult for you. We just remove that. So that's caused a rush at the bottom end of the market. And that's, that will filter upwards. We've also, at the same time, had a seismic change in an exceptionally small, short space of time in terms of working practices. The fact that we're chatting on this on this call now, you know, this is embracing you know the, the new age, the new age of communication and technology. You know, I don't need to go anywhere anymore. I can just do it on Zoom. <laughs> and everybody's seeing that. And we've seen like you know, large organisations talking about work from home, closing offices, all that sort of stuff. So we've got people, so the, the, the property market suddenly become really dynamic. There's lots of people wanting to do lots of things at once. And that kind of brings in another element, which is the perception of activity. You know, so you see everybody else doing something, so you jump on board. So we've got, we had all of that coalescing last year and I could see it in data. Uh, and I put out the property market forecast. The first one was was in June, I think, last year. And then we had a second one in September. And we said, look, you know, when everyone else was saying, oh, the market's about to crash, come October, it'll be down 10%. We said, we're not seeing that. We, 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 don't, we don't see evidence of that. We see evidence to the contrary. And we, we then modelled and forecast that and seem to have got it quite right. Now, going forward, where we are now, if you imagine that shop that's open and there's all this, there's, suddenly I've opened my shop back up and I've got milk and I've got bread on the shelves, Everybody wants my bread and milk, right? So we're going to see a continued growth um, for a, for a period of time. Uh, at the moment, best best forecast that we can get, given the availability of data, is at least nine, possibly twelve months of continued growth, slowing growth, but continued growth, growth in 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 excess of the rate of inflation. So that's where we that's where we see it today. Something could happen. I didn't know that. Coronavirus was around the corner 18 months ago. None of us did. So some are going to happen that can change it. But as it stands right now, that that's the situation. We've got an awful lot of pent-up demand with first-time buyers and people looking to get onto the property ladder. We've got an awful lot of people like us who are looking to invest and are now bringing that investment forward. And we stalled a little bit as well. So there's that coming in. Uh, and a few other little things, that you know, the, the, the ongoing lack of availability of property and people moving around the country for uh, deciding to live in different locations um, based on their new jobs or their new their new requirements of their jobs uh, in this new age. So, yeah, that, that was an incredibly long answer to, to that question, but it needs it because <laughs> it's complicated. Uh, bottom line is it's going to continue to go up for a, for, a, for a while longer. One to watch is inflation, the overall inflation within the, within the market at the moment. Um, so you know, if we if we if we start knocking on the door four, four five, six, seven percent inflation, which is feasible at the moment, and it's the reason why Bank of England uh, and other organisations are taking heed. If that continues, um, we would probably see that pushing, continuing to push house prices upwards. Um, but that it, it, it's a very volatile thing. That um, it very much depends on sort of the the, the more the more sort of global outlook and what's happening elsewhere influences outside of our control. But yeah, inflation and inflationary pressures in this country are are, are a worry because we've run out of things to control it. <laughs> we put you know, our interest rates need to be low. Uh, you know, we we've been printing money for far too long. Um, we we can't we we've been artificially keeping our econo economics and our economy in uh, perceived growth when actually we were stagnant for quite some time and probably in real terms in in, in decline. So um, that's that is one to watch. And 
I, I can't give you the answers now. All I can do is take the information that's available, interpret it, look at our influences, our market, and publish it. So that's that's what pops up in our market reads that we publish. Uh, I think we've got another one um, coming out in about six weeks. So uh, the latest one's also available. It's not that old. We do them every quarter. Yeah, and I'd highly recommend, having having read them, I'd highly recommend people uh, who may not have heard of uh, yourself there, John, or, or the, the report. I urge you to go and get that sorted. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes so you can find access to that very useful uh, document. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, so thank you for taking the time to produce that. Uh, quickly going on to That's inflation now. And, and again, this is what starts to concern me as well. And as I said at the start, I'm very cynical with this sort of stuff anyway. But if you're looking at what concerns me is, number one, that not a lot of people seem to know what's coming around the corner anyway, which, you know, there is an element sometimes of a bit of a crystal ball. I get that. All you've got to do is look at everything that's gone before us in, in the hundreds of years, a couple of thousand years before us, et cetera, et cetera. You mentioned there with Governments Bank of England, and what, what concerns me is the amount of currency that's being printed, 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 printed. <laughs> People trying to use modern monetary theory to inflate away the debt. Yeah, you know, as, as you pointed out there uh, earlier on about um, interest rates, you know, and percentages of, of income, it's never been cheaper basically to obtain housing as such uh, which is it's a great point well made but every time governments have tried to inflate their way out of debt in in years gone by for whatever reason <laughs> it's either gone completely out of control and led to hyperinflation um and you know I don't, it's basically it's gone tits up that's a very polite way of saying it's going to go tits up at some <laughs> point and when it does it's going to be very it's going to be very concerning but what can what concerns me, just as an individual, is that people don't seem to think that that's going to happen, but it's because they've not taken the time to study history. Um, history rhymes, as I think. It's a uh, bumpy, Mark it's a Twain, bumpy, bumpy it's... road ahead. It's a bumpy road ahead. I, I, I will. For those of us, I mean, those of us that are involved in property, right? We we, we are surrounded by, if you don't mind me using the, the term, absolute bullcrap. Right? We we get it fed it all the time. It's everywhere. It's all over the media. All of our all of our celebrities on industry just talk. I mean, go back on Facebook, look back in July last year, and look at what was being said, right? And tell me, tell me that any of it was factual, evidential, or even came true. It's a load of nonsense, right? And we're surrounded by it. I can I can give you one one piece of piece of information that should inform all of us as property investors and when we invest. And the reason why I continue to invest during the COVID pandemic and all of the noise that went on around, uh, has gone on around that, I can promise you that there is an exact correlation between increasing indebtedness overall within the UK economy and increasing house prices. When individuals, households, businesses, and government take on more debt, right? The additional debt that we take on manifests itself in a confidence in the housing market and causes house prices to increase. So I was looking at this last year, I think, oh, here we go, another another credit event. Fantastic. Think back to 2000s when we relaxed rules on lending. You could have buy-to-let mortgages, pushed house price, pushed up. Remember getting credit cards, You know, companies giving you money for nothing. We had all that. We also had that in the 80s. We had you know, the expansion of credit card usage and, and the availability of loans to individuals. And in the early 80s, we had mortgages being pushed and people moving away from, from rented into home-owning um, sort of models. We, we, can, we can go right the way back. You know, it's always the same. You see an exact correlation. So when we went through this, let's just print money, 
and let's just give let's just give all businesses uh, loans uh, underwritten by the government, and let's encourage everyone to get out and spend, eat out to help out. You know, you know, go easy on people with their credit. That that is a clear indicator that house prices are likely to see a surge, and we we saw it. We've had it. We might have had it in a really short period of time. It may go on a little bit longer, but we've had it now. If 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 you if you see media publications. Um, output that suggests that there's there's going to be a relaxation or a reining in of credit and spending that's the point at which you need to recall and slow down okay and and think about what you're doing consolidate but at a time now a time like this where we where we're seeing you know a lot more a lot of a, a big push to get people we're going to see a big push to get people spending and 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 taking on credit and and buying new things and you know get the flash new car move home or and it's all happening around us now that's that's a surefire indication that we're going through another one of those cycles um and and you know that that that's really what we need to be focusing our minds on not what um some celebrity that stands up in front of a camera says uh, don't listen to me don't, don't bother listening to what, I, what my opinions are focus on the information now i teach people to use information and data in their property businesses i used to teach corporate businesses how uh, to do this in my corporate uh, job so you know the, the most important thing is being able to with with some reasonable confidence, be able to forecast the short to medium term and what's likely to happen next. So, you know, if, if you're happy with burning a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand pounds worth of your money uh, on something you don't understand and you can't read, then um, you probably need to have a have a word of yourself. You do need to do the analysis and you do need to understand markets where you're investing and sort of add another layer into that to make it even more difficult or worrying is that everywhere's different. So what I do what I do with property in the Northwest is completely different to what I do down in the Southwest, completely different to what I'd be doing if I was uh, investing in London, completely different to what I'd be doing in the Midlands and different property types behave differently too. So you've, you've got you've to be able to understand the, the real basics of this, uh, in my view, to perform really well in a market that's, 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 that's pretty... Uh, pretty volatile at the moment so um, i encourage everybody to give that some thought <laughs> it's, it's fair to, say, to provide a, a bit of balance to the conversation that we're having it's also fair to say that it's it's important to look at to look at data so it's important to look at the facts cut the wheat from the chaff or whatever the phrase whatever the hell that phrase actually is yeah. I, I probably just pushed it <laughs> unbelievably there sounds right to um, me <laughs> point i was <laughs> um point i was point i was going to make to provide some balance to the conversation that we can use all this stuff to our advantage not as a reason not to do something because there's always opportunities out there so i think it's that th- we're no matter what stage of the market we're in good bad etc cetera, etc cetera, there will always be opportunities so people should use this information to create the opportunities to swap the opportunities to then take action otherwise i, I guess from your experience with working with a multitude of people if people take do too much then you're going to get stuck in analysis paralysis and they won't end up taking any action uh, yeah. in terms of buying. So you, you do have to find that relative balance. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it's a, it's doing the basics. I, I mean, I, I teach people to do this. I write about it. So, you know, you can come and have a day with me and I'll show you, you know, how I do do stuff if, if, if you want. I can, with the new, the new world, I can do that on Zoom. So it's easy enough to do. Um, but yeah, just keeping it, keeping it simple and keeping it basic is, is, is really, you don't need to spend Hours. I always, when I train people, I get them to make themselves two cups of tea, all right? And there's one cup of tea to look at your 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 analysis in a week, and then another cup of tea for you to 
plan out what you're going to do. So two cups of tea a week should be enough to get you uh, using data and using insight effectively. So if you can afford to sit down with your computer or your phone or your iPad or whatever it is, and I've find two cups of tea within a week, you'll be fine. You don't need to do any more. And I like some, it doesn't even need to be complicated because you, frankly, we, we, we live and we work in an industry that has no data analysis it has no insight so just doing the smallest thing can have an can put you miles ahead of everybody else <laughs> uh, i learned that early on you know i bought in areas that were likely to see high equity growth and and i made a i made a lump of a lump of equity uh which i could then use to reinvest and expand my portfolio i didn't i didn't do fancy refurbs or do large extensions or anything like that. I just, just bought smart and you can do that too. So it's easy. It's easy enough to do, but you're right. Don't, don't think that this, that you need to just analyze and scan everything because frankly you don't, I mean, you know, the simple, a simple one at the moment for me is uh, let's look at, look at cur- the current market, which is growing as we speak now, depending on who you listen to between seven and 11%. Okay. However, there are locations in the UK at the moment that are growing at 24%. And there are locations in the UK at the moment. When I talk about location, I talk about postcodes. Uh, there are postcodes that are actually in um, depreciation. They are falling by 3%. So in, in there's a huge scale in it. Where do you want to play? Do you want to play in the minus three? Or do you want to play at the top end in the, in the, in the high teens in the early 20s? I know where I'd want to play. And you'd be surprised. It's, it, it, there'll be differences, significant differences, depending on... Um, the types of property that you invest in in those areas, and also the sort of the the, the 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 extreme local element. So you know you might you might go a mile down the road and you might get a fourteen percent growth. You may go a mile in the other direction. You might get three percent growth. You want the high growth, yeah. So so you know I can. It's not hard to do that. It's really easy to understand that. And then, as I say, cup of tea. Make yourself a cup of tea once a month. Refresh your information. So this month, I might do something different to what I was doing a month ago, or maybe even do it every other month or every three months. For goodness sake, just start, because <laughs> most people don't. And they just, they're just, oh, I'm going to buy HMOs for cash flow in that area where the university role is down 27%. So they go into and they invest into an HMO area where the number of students in a very short space of time is dropped by almost a third. And they think, they're like some sort of super high flying property investor that's going to make it and um, do perform brilliantly. Well, I got news for you, my friend. You're not because you've invested into a market where demand has fallen by a third. That's a bit foolish. But you know, I speak to people who invest in houses of multiple occupation. It's their strategy, as they call it. And I asked them if they looked at the student numbers. Even the default is, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a posh HMO that's going to be for professionals. It doesn't matter. This stock at the end of the day, uh, if you invest into a market which has fallen by that much, you are going to really struggle. Um, so just basics like that and basic understanding is something I just, yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're not doing it, start doing it. If you're not sure how to start doing it, you know, come and talk to people uh, who, who are doing it and, and, and are doing it well, because they're the ones that will ultimately win in this really difficult market. Yeah, it, are, there's going to be so many winners and losers. Um, I know which side I want to be on. And, and start with the end in mind as well. As you've pointed out, some areas when you go into it, you might be uh, purchasing thinking capital growth, whereas some you might actually not be overly concerned by capital growth as such. Uh, and it's all about the cash flow. And also, forgive me if I'm uh, talking complete nonsense, depends on your very long term outlook as well. So if you're buying and going, actually, do you know what? Within reason, you know, unless something disastrous happens, and of course, you know, we analyze our portfolios. You know, at least sit down once a year and do an AGM in your portfolio to see what's actually, you know, working, what the yield is, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're going in going, 
within reason, I'm going to have that property in my portfolio for, I don't know, the rest of my life. And then I'm going to pass it on to my kids and so forth and so forth and generate the wealth that way. If you've got that long-term approach, sometimes that can lead you to make slightly different decisions as well. That's what I found. Is that something that you would agree with? Yeah, I mean, most of my stock I've, I've held and you know, occasionally I'll exit if the market's really looking a bit grim in, in, with a particular property. Uh, but no, generally I, I do invest for the long term. I see, I, I, I'm kind of, a, I'm on a limb a little bit with, with my attitude towards my property. I, I am obsessed with the appreciation of the property, it going up in value. See, because what I want to do is I want, I don't want to be buying at the top of a market. I want to be buying earlier on in the market so i can enjoy that that accelerated cycle of growth and then if it plateaus and it dips a little bit on the old s curve then that's fine because i've bought low enough so that even if it dips i'm still in positive territory from where i started now we are again we're preconditioned to think in sort of two-dimensional ways we think well yeah i'll that we're at the higher higher end of that growth now in 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 the uk well we're not there are parts of the uk that are and there are house types and property types in the uk that are but there are some areas and some properties that aren't they're actually just starting there are some areas that haven't seen growth for years and it's suddenly that you know we're talking five six ten then fifteen then twenty percent growth it's because they're on that that trajectory you get in earlier those ones that have those ones that are at the top now they're going to have a little bit of a dip now you can buy in a falling market you can negotiate hard but you need to understand it's a falling market and you need to tell the vendor or the people that you're buying off that's the situation you need to play in, and, and use the skills in a market that you understand so you know for example you know yeah the, you know, the property market where i'm sat right now is is, is red hot it, you know, everything's selling straight away but you can't you can't get shot off shops for loving the money um, so I'm buying shops. Um, why am I buying shops, John? Nobody wants to live, move into shops. It's at the bottom. I'm at the bottom of the cycle. Right? If all these people move in, there's going to be more economic activity. There's going to be more interest. There might be some planning gain that I can get from some of these premises. So I'll just hoover them up. And I, and and you know, that's that's not not because I fancy owning shops or retail. It's just because that's what the data suggests to me for this particular. I wouldn't dream of doing it everywhere. It's just this location where I am now. So, you know, you, you've got it. You, yeah, you've got you've got you've got to be you've got to have this as part of your plan, and I think you've got to you've got to acquire if you're gonna if you're gonna hold an asset. Yes, you want it to cash flow, but you definitely don't want it to depreciate in value, in my view. Uh, and you want to try and avoid that. And if you can get it to appreciate faster than everything else, but you know, if if I've got the shop and the the guy down the road has has, has got a shop as well, and I've got the milk that everyone wants, then. I'm I'm onto a winner, yeah. If he hasn't got the milk, then you know he's not onto a winner, no matter what he does. So you know, making sure that you buy the thing that people want is important. And if when people want something, you tend to see the asset appreciating value. So you know, there's some areas where you know you can buy a two bedroom house, and nobody wants it. It's cheap, and you know, on paper, its yield looks good, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but you can buy a larger house; it's more expensive, and the yield might be as a percentage a little bit yet less. But everybody wants it, so you make your cash flow you have high high occupancy uh, and you get the asset appreciation it goes up in value for many reasons that i oh gosh i could bore you with but I'm, i promise i'm not going to because i talk too much i <laughs> know uh, no no need to apologize for that i think i think that the content that's coming out is incredible is, well number one it's incredibly informative number two i'm hoping that people are listening that it's given them a slightly different way of thinking about things there but you know they're you are running the business after all, not just, you know, just doing it for the sake of doing it. You are running the business. So you have to look at the numbers. You have to look at the facts. You have to look at the information and also have, I think we, you know, we definitely agree on this, to have an understanding of the macroeconomics 
and what's going on and use that to your advantage as well. But at the same time, be a little bit cautious, a little bit sceptical of what's going on because all this stuff that's happened has, funnily enough, happened before. You've just got to go back and look why it happened, how it happened and what the results were and to say that, you know, it will come down at some point. I'll hold my hands up. Uh, at the end of 2020, I uh, appeared on a couple of podcasts and said, actually, 2021, it's going <laughs> to, it's going to be Armageddon. I still believe there will be Armageddon in, in some way, shape or form. You're right. There will, well. there, no, there will be. No, there will be. The, the, the title. No, there will be. You, you are spot on. Um, it's not going to happen. I don't, I don't see it in the data happening this year. I think it'll slow down this year. I do think we're in for a choppy ride in future. And again, I come back to what happens to wider inflation in the UK because that that that's that's a worry. Uh, I don't. I just as it's, as I say now, I don't know how we can get the finances of this country under control without um, suffering economically. I think there's, it's either inflation um, followed by um, difficulty, or it's difficulty followed by inflation. <laughs> but I've, I mean, the key thing for us is that, you know, the, the market, you see, the property market is adjusting at a faster rate now because it's, it's had a catalyst to do so. This needed to happen years ago. Yeah. It, the, the reason London isn't increasing, it's not because nobody wants to invest in London, it's because people forgot that there was, there was, there was oppor- investment opportunities outside of London. Uh, there's also, you know, the, the movement, I mean, it, um, foreign investment, you know, all just, you know, went one way. And, and you know, when we had silly, silly times with, with, with house prices and then silly times of rents. And then, you know, the rest, we forgot about the rest of the UK and we forgot about some of the areas where there's massive rental demand not being served. There's ma- massive property demand not being served. You know, you can go into many major towns and cities where there's stacks of families wanting homes. And what are we building? Apartments and purpose-built student blocks. <laughs> Perhaps yeah. that might need to change. On that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's you, madness, isn't you it? Would, you would certainly hope so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. For the benefit Sorry. of people, for the benefit of people that know this is on podcast, of course, but for the benefit of people who can't look at the reaction that John and I have, and I think we're both shaking our heads in just absolute disbelief because <laughs> it's so it's so true. You've got key demand there, and yeah. yet the supply is going to be tailored to something completely different. Yeah, go figure that one out. That's cheap, isn't it? Everyone likes cheap. Everyone buy. Everyone wants a fifty thousand pound buy to let. Everyone wants an HMO that you can pile a load of students into, uh, because the cash flow is brilliant. Yeah, but that's not what the market wants. There is a, there are areas in the market that want that. There are lots of areas that don't. There are areas that want different types of property. So, for example, I invest in larger single let properties. I I tend to put them in areas where there's there's a there's a high demand for skilled professionals, but they may be on short term contracts. So hospitals for example you know you've got people who may be on a 12-month contract in a hospital they're on a good salary they do not want to live in your cheap and cheerful just turned it around uh painted the walls gray and given it yellow cushions they want to live in something nice yeah so you give them something nice so you you, you do a four-bedroom and you, you 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 have people tripping over themselves to move into it that's one location down the road a mile down the road i might have two bed you know start homes people who you know let you know perhaps you know university graduates yeah who's who's buying who's buying you know startup properties for for, for graduates and targets in the graduate market yeah i, I talk about this some some of my students you, know, you usually get the hmo list of all the of all the hmo addresses i think every year third year students there are thousands of them all over the uk they've got nowhere to live you know there's your target audience by the way guys can you find me some houses um if you can find a house that's within this this price band i will buy it and rent it you know, you get get them all sourcing for you. It's just I, I I could talk all day. To be honest, it's just I I find I find the way we behave as an industry mad. I treat my businesses as 
as businesses. I'm not a passive investor, passive income. I work on my businesses. I'm the CEO of my business. And I have I have to take on multiple roles. I have to do data. I have to do marketing. I have to do I have to do finances, and I make sure that all of those things work together in a structure. Uh, so you know, for those of us that are in property at the moment, have you got a business plan? Uh, if you haven't got a business plan, ask really have a word of yourself and ask yourself the question: Why your business is investing hundreds of thousands of pounds, and you tell me you ain't got a business plan? Wow, <laughs> it's just yeah. If we've got to shift our our mindset and our approach to how we invest and behave like small business owners, which is what we are, and really focus on delivering what the market needs. If I had that shop where we where there was a shortage and a demand for for milk, and I went out and I went shopping and I bought a load of bread and I forgot the milk or I didn't bother to buy the milk, no one would come and shop in my shop and I'll end up struggling. If I bought loads of milk, I'd do really well. So, you know, we've got to start behaving uh, and responding to the market's demands, understanding them as a first step. And you can't really just go and ask a question. Uh, you need to be able to you need to be able to read it through data and insight and you know that that for me that's just a, a, a an absolute essential in our industry there, there are, you know probably nine out of ten people don't have that as part of their strategy uh, and they could invest one day and two cups of tea one day uh, to learn and then just follow that on with two cups of tea a month and they'd uh, they'd have themselves a data strategy within their business to help them to grow grow effectively in a choppy market sounds like a plan to me and there's, there's a plethora of information out there it's about Again, sorting through the good stuff and the not so good stuff. Sitting down with a cup of tea, as you say there, John, totally agree with all of that. That's probably a great place to leave it. We could take the chat in multiple directions and probably spend hours talking about <laughs> macroeconomics and X, Y, and Z, but appreciate that time is, is of the essence. Uh, what I would say is, John, if people want to get hold of you, yeah. uh, find more about the, uh, the, pro- the property market reports and, and so forth, how do people get in touch with you? You can get my property market forecast. They're free. I give them away freely. So uh, I think we'll have a link, hopefully. But it's um, it's education one. Or if you go to our website, ultimate-landlord.com, you'll get our resources there. Um, so yeah, you can you can you can download that that information. And again, I, as I said, I've got the book. By all means, please do grab a copy of the book. What I'll do is I'll um, I'll make sure that there's a link uh, sent over to you so that you can get the book um, for free. You just pay the postage and packaging. And um, what else? We, what else? We, I mean, I, I I have a regular get together once a month where I just run through data in and you know, simple use of data uh, on Zoom. With with there's never more than a dozen people on 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 those on those monthly calls, um, and I'll just show you the basics of you know finding data quickly it actually speeds things up as well you know if you if you spend all day searching for zoopla i'll stop you doing that straight away i'll get you to get a piece of software to do that for you automatically and make it easier um so yeah so there's 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 um yeah there's there's that and then you know just reach just just you know keep in touch find us on our facebook page ultimate landlord um group uh as well is is available and you know i'm forever talking so you'll you'll find me somewhere if you search my name it's easy it's easy enough there's not many of us <laughs> brilliant stuff well john that's been uh, highly highly insightful i thoroughly enjoyed that hopefully the, the listeners out there have got a lot of great content from there and you know yeah, th- thanks for having me on and sorry for mentioning the purpose-built student stock and things <laughs> and the things that go wrong <laughs> important to do so because say property is not you know it's not necessarily the easy ride that people make it out to be it can be easy but it can also be as difficult as you want to make it yeah. depending on what's going on so having this data is is crucial but 
that being said, uh, John, massive thank you for your time. Uh, maybe again, if uh, the reception from the uh, episode is great, it'd be great to ha- have you on again and uh, have thank part you. two in due course. Anytime, anytime. It's a real pleasure. It's great, great. Thanks very much for inviting me on. Really enjoyed. <laughs>